So tonight we're going to uh, talk briefly, uh, and it will be briefly, <laughs> about fear not. Uh, and you know, anytime that we get a word of God, uh, like we, we get each year, um, and that we talked about the last couple of weeks, I encourage you, if you uh, missed last week or the week before or any of the Sundays so far uh, this year, I really encourage you to take the time to go back and watch the replays. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast, and that a, that's an easy and convenient way because most of you have cell phones to stay abreast of the word that's delivered uh, from the pastors, leaders, and ministers at FOC. Um, you have an obligation to the word. You have an obligation to every word that's taught across the pulpit or any format of this church if you call this your church home and you call yourself a partner. So avail yourself to take time out to hear the word and don't despise repetitive teaching. If you hear a word and don't just say, oh man, that word was good. And then you have no practical way of applying that word or knowing how it applies to your life. So uh, let's make sure that we're making, we're getting those things done. All right. And I'm trying to see, yeah. Let's make sure we're getting those things done. All right. So tonight we're going to hang out in Isaiah verses 41 through 4, Isaiah 41, chapter 41, verses 8 through 14. And I'm sorry, guys, if I look a little distracted. It's still kind of dragging on my part. So I was trying to uh, fix that. Uh, let me see here. Just a second. I think I could fix it. Y'all just, y'all hold on. We have a momentary uh, advertisement. So let me see if this fixes things. Because I know I'm not going to be able to teach uh, being distracted with that. So let me. All right. So it should catch up in a minute now. So tonight we want to talk about fear not. And what we got to understand is when we are given the word of God, the enemy is always going to come and try to cause us to let go of that word. And the one way that he does that is impacting our physical senses by the things that we see, the things, the things that we observe with our ears, with our, with our eyes and the things that go on that contradict what we feel like the word is telling us that we can have. And so, am I not back? Can y'all hear me? You can hear me, but you can't see me. All right, cool. All right, y'all hang on just one moment. What about now? Are we good now? All right, cool. So sorry about that, guys. A uh, few technical de uh, delays, but we won't be stopped. We straight. So what I was saying is, when we get the word like that, there's always going to be opposition to that word. And the thing that we got to understand is that there's no reason to fear. And so tonight I want to talk about a topic, meaning fear not. And like I said, we're going to come from Isaiah chapter 41, verses 8 through 14. And my goal tonight is only to talk about six of the 12 reasons to live a fearless life. That's, I mean, that's a subtitle, 12 reasons to live a fearless life. And so let's go to Isaiah 48, 41. We'll do a little reading and then we'll talk about each one of these things uh, specifically because it is Bible study. So we're just going to study the word. It says, but you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners, I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and I have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Verse 10, you should know by now, right? Because you should be reading verse 10 over and over each day in, in the guiding word for uh, 2022. Verse 11 says, all who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. 
Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who rage war against you will be as nothing at all. That's what the word says, nothing at all. Verse 13 says, for I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. So verse 14 says, do not be afraid, you worm Jacob, little Israel. Do not fear, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. And so what we got to understand that the, the principles of God saying, don't be afraid to his people are timeless. You got to understand that word, do not fear, don't be afraid, appears over 70, or fear not, appears over 71 times from generations, I mean, Genesis to Revelations, right? And so God really wants us to understand that, hey, I'm going to give you a word. And the fact that he tells us over 71 times to fear not means that there will be opportunity that may look like a reason to fear. There will be opportunities where opposition and adversity may cause you to want to shake and to be afraid. But he's saying, fear not, don't be afraid, right? That's what he said in his word. The scripture, and I'm going to outline for you tonight until next week, 12 reasons why we should live fearless. But tonight we're going to talk about six. All right. And the first one is you are chosen and you're called. Ralph, why don't I have to fear? Because I, you have been chosen and you're called. Isaiah 41 verses 8 through 9a, right? We're going to go back to the word. I'm just going to teach the word to you tonight. Why don't I have to fear? As you're living out this, 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 the guiding word for 2022, as you're walking this out, as the hand of God is resting on your life, his righteous right hand, as you're still navigating the year of release, as you're still, as your blessings are piling up victories on top of victories, sometimes we know that adversities come and they look contrary to what God has promised. He says, fear not. Why? It says, because, but you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I've chosen. Go ahead and type that. Say, I am chosen. You descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners, I called you. So look, Jesus, God, God has called you. God has chosen you. God has called you. God has chosen you. God has called you. You, God is not a God that's going to set you up. He's not going to choose you and call you only for you to be embarrassed. He is not going to choose you and call you only for you to be put to shame. He's not going to choose you and he's not going to call you only for you to, to experience a circumstance that you cannot, that you have not been specifically, specifically and engineered and designed to overcome. That's not the God we call. I don't have to fear because God chose me. I don't have to fear because God called me. When God told you that you could have the business, when God told you that the job belonged to you, when God told you that the house was yours, when God told you that the marriage was whole, when God told you that you were healed, he chose you and he called you to that. So you don't have to fear because it's not your job to bring it to pass. First Peter 2, 9 through 10 says it this way, but you are a chosen people, y'all already know, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. So once you were, you were not God's people, but now he chose to make you his people. And once you were God's people, then now that you have everything that God has access to, right? I got people. I got a tribe, right? And once, once like my brother said, he's in uh, the background helping tonight. Once said wasn't my people. I didn't, I, I didn't know said, right? We didn't know each other. He wasn't my person, right? But over time, I have called him. I have chosen him. We have connected, and now we're tribe. We're family, right? And so because of that now, we share a different inheritance. We share a different covenant. If he needs something, I got it. He got it. And the same way with God, because God has chosen you, God has called you, every single thing that God has is available to you. That's why he says, fear not, I've chosen you. I've called you to be my own. You are a people who belong to me. Say, I belong to God. 
But the problem is, as long as you try to belong to yourself, then you can't belong to God. All right. Whoever you belong to is the person who's responsible. Responsible. That's the owner. So I belong to God because God owns me because I'm a servant of God, then he's responsible for my well-being. He's responsible for my uh, care. He's responsible for my provision. But anytime I want to own my own life, anytime I want to make decisions for myself, anytime I want to call myself to something, anytime I want to choose myself to be God in my own life, then I take myself out of the provision of God. And that's when fear enters because you aren't designed to take care of yourself. Joshua 1 and 9 says this way, have I not commanded you be strong and, of, and courageous? Do not be what? Don't be frightened and don't be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It says because you're chosen and because you called, I won't abandon you. You are chosen just like the children of Israel are chosen. And you got to know the children of Israel found themselves in a lot of situations, right? They got Pharaoh's army chasing after them. They were slaves to the Assyrians. They were slaves to the Babylonians. And Jesus is saying, hey, I won't reject you. I won't forget you. Uh, I've chosen you and I called you. And so even as they were going out, they're like, Moses, were there not enough graves in Egypt that you would bring us out here so that Pharaoh's army could kill us? And Moses said, hey, hold up. Fear not and stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord. That's what it says in Exodus 14. So when your enemy is upon you, when adversity and calamity is upon you, the Bible says the Lord will fight for you. Hallelujah. The Lord will fight for you. I, I like, I'll make it personal. The Lord fights all my battles. The Lord fights all rest battles. The Lord fights the battle of, of, of of what diabetes, the Lord fights the battle of getting a new job, the Lord fights the battle of poverty, the Lord fights the battle of peace in my mind, the Lord fights for me. And so because he's not a respective person, the same way he troubles other people's trouble, he troubles the thing that troubles me, but I got to be willing to release all those things back to him. I like that Malaya, the Lord fights all Malaya's battles, but what did it say? You have to only to be silent. In other words, that's what he told them to do. What's God telling you to do in your battle? Is he telling you to pray more? Is he telling you to fast? Is he telling you to be quiet? Is he telling you to be still? Is he telling you to apply for the job? Is he telling you to, to, to apply for the manager position? Is he telling you to move or not to move? Is he telling you to be quiet or is he telling you to talk? But you got to understand that when I obey God, I give him opportunity to fight all my battles. So I don't have to fear because I am chosen and I am called. And that's number one. The second reason I fear not, right? Reason number two is that I'm accepted. I'm not rejected. You are not rejected. That's what it says. You are not rejected. Let's look at Isaiah 41 and 9. Isaiah 41 and 9 says, I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and I have not rejected you, right? I have not rejected you. So many times we, and this is a whole message in itself. I think Pastor Edwin, uh, I have to go find it, um, but uh, taught a message on shame, overcoming shame, overcoming rejection. I think it was probably this time last year, if I remember correctly, because I'm uh, or, or a little bit, I may be off of my timing. But we got to understand that through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, we became sons and daughters. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we became sons and daughters. So nothing from the evil one, right? Nothing, not, no evil you can do uh, can, can or should cause you to reject yourself from God. It should cause you to feel or cause you to feel rejected. Why? Faith made you whole, not your actions. Faith made you hope. So nothing from the evil you have done in your past should cause you to reject you. Nothing. I think that's in there. Uh, say, did, did I not put that in there? Let me see. Yeah. If through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, you are a son or daughter of God, nothing from the evil you have done in your past should cause God to reject you. Why? Because you're saved by grace through faith. So all of your past actions, all of the things that you have done 
will do. None of those things will cause God to reject you. You like rap, you lie. Let me show you in the word. Romans 5 and 8. But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were yet sinners, yet while we were still sinners, Christ, the anointed one, died for us. So here's the thing that I don't got to fear. I don't got to fear if God won't hear my prayers. I don't got to fear if God wants the best for me. I don't got to fear if God wants me to be abundant or God wants to heal me or God wants to deliver me. I don't got to be afraid that he won't come through for me. God says that it was clearly his idea to choose us. It was clearly his idea to call us from the other parts of the world. It was his ideal not to reject us. And even though he knew that we were yet sinners, Christ died for us to prove his love towards us. And because he loves us, I don't got to be afraid that he won't come through. See, when shame and rejection comes on your life, you disqualify yourself from receiving what your father has prepared for you. Uh, I have to uh, be very careful with my oldest son, Aiden, sometimes how I talk to him. Like he's a big guy. If y'all, any of y'all know Aiden, I mean, he, he got 112. I see you, son. Hey, uh, he's outside the door dancing around. Anyway, he's a big, solid guy. But even though he's a big guy, he's pretty sensitive when it comes to word. And so the words, and so if I say something the wrong way, sometimes he feels rejected. And when he feels rejected, it makes him feel disqualified from approaching me. And so what we got to understand is that we got to watch ourselves from rejecting ourselves. Because at the end of the day, Nothing we say or nothing we do will cause the Father to love us any less. I'll say that one more time. Nothing we say or nothing we do will cause the Father to love you any less. But if the enemy can get you to feel like you're rejected, if the enemy can get you to feel like you're not qualified, if the enemy can get you to feel like you don't fit the standards, then he can get you not to accept the fullness of God's love Therefore, you can't manifest the fullness of the kingdom. Why? Because it's God's love operating in our heart that gives us the ability to manifest the fullness of his character in the earth. So if I want to see the John 10 and 10 type of life, I got to receive fully the love of God. Because when I know that God's loved me, then I know I can trust him. If God tells me to go left, I go left because I can trust him. If God tells me not right now, I say not right now because I can trust him. If God says, yes, go ahead and apply for that job, even though you're not qualified, I apply for that job. Why? Because I can trust him. But if I feel rejected by God, then I will not now feel that I cannot trust him. Why? Because you don't trust people who you feel have rejected you. You just don't. And so we run over the Romans 8. 38 and 39, for I'm persuaded that what, what separates me from God's love, not death. How about life? Not life separates me from love. How about angels? No, that doesn't either. Principalities, powers, things present or things to come. Think about that or things to come. God says not even the things to come separate you from his love nor height, nor depth, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So I don't have to be rejected. And some of you have been rejected by people, right? And perhaps even by somebody even close to you. But you got to remember, God loves you and accepted you. So man's opinion need not be feared or even be an item of concern. Go ahead and post that one, say it if you see it. Remember, God's love, God loves you and has accepted you. So man's opinion need not be feared. I don't fear man's opinion or even be an item of concern. When it comes to the things of God, I don't need a, another person to confirm what God has told me I can have. You don't need other women telling you if God called you to be a woman and you single and he said you can own a house and be uh and make six digits, you don't need other women. You don't need anybody else to confirm that. All you need is the word from God. It doesn't matter how many people reject you. God said yes, and that's the only yes you need. That's the only thing you need if God said yes. So I am not concerned about the opinions of man, and I'm not going to fear the opinion of man, and it's not going to be an item of concern for me. So go ahead and declare this. The opinions of men do not change God's perspective of me. 
the opinions of men do not change God's perspective of me. The opinions of men do not change God's perspective of me. The only thing that opinion of men will do is change your perception of how God sees you. God still sees you as beautiful. God still sees you as whole. God still, still sees you as chosen. God still sees you as called. God still sees you as accepted. God still sees you as a person that he has, he has called, he has chosen, he's accepted. He says, you're not rejected. God still sees you as his tribe. God still sees you as his son. God still sees you as his daughter. But because you are listening to other people's opinion about your life, you choose to disqualify yourself because your perspective on what God sees in about your life. That's why you always go back to the word. That's why you always go back to the word. Declare this with me. The opinions of men do not change how I respond to God. And I had to work on that one for myself. The opinions of men do not change how I respond to God. Well, Ralph, what are you talking about? I don't care what people think about me. If God said go, I'm going to go anyway. If God said don't go, I'm not, I'm not going to go anyway. If God said invest, I'm going to invest anyway. I'm not going to let society in the news tell me what I have, I got to live. I'm not going to live afraid of catching COVID. I'm not going to, uh, COVID. I'm not going to be afraid of, of walking the streets. I'm not going to be afraid to move across country if the Lord told me to. I'm not going to withhold my hand from giving if Lord said this is the time to sow. I don't care what other men have to say because I'm accepted by God. I choose to follow God and I don't allow the opinions of men to cause me or change how I respond to God. It doesn't matter if they don't believe in tithing. If God told you to tithe, which he has, then I find myself tithing. It doesn't matter if they don't believe in giving. If God told you to give, then you give. It doesn't matter if they don't love their neighbor or they don't love their enemy. If God told you to buy lunch for the person that you despise, you still do it regardless of other people's opinion. Why? Because God is always moving you to the wealthy place. That's right, Courtney. I choose to obey God no matter what, even my own opinion. I mean, how many times have God told us to do something that we didn't like doing? I'm not the only one. I mean, I don't like fasting all the time, right? I don't, I don't like, some, sometimes I just want to watch mindless TV and not study the word. Uh, I'm, I mean, you may not believe it. Sometimes I don't want to get on refresh at night. Sometimes I just want to go to sleep. Sometimes I just want to go cuddle with, with Ava and, and, and have Aiden and Major just crawl on top of me and we watch a kitty movie and fall asleep. Sometimes that's just what I want to do. But even though that's what I want to do or feel like I'm to feel like I want to do, that's just what I that's my opinion. That's what I want. But you always got to be led by the word. Why? Because when we make obedience something that we don't compromise on, then we always find ourselves living our best life. We always find ourselves living our best life. So I'm not going to allow the opinions of men to change how I respond to God. I'm not. And that includes my own opinion because I'm man. You, you man. You know when I say man, it means men and women. So I don't, hear, don't come for me about nothing like that. So, uh, so yes. So number one, you have been chosen and you've been called by God. Number two, you are not rejected. God loves you just the way you are. We used to have a saying, God loves you, flaws and all. God loves you, flaws and all. God loves you, flaws and all. Some of y'all just need to hear. If, if we was in church and we went in all this, somebody, I'll just hug some of y'all. God loves you, flaws and all. Like, like God isn't looking for you to be perfect. God is just looking for you to receive his love. He'll perfect you, baby. Just let him love you. He'll he'll drive out all the oh he'll drive out all those hoish tendencies. Just let him love you. He'll drive out all of that managed thinking. Just let him love you. He he'll drive out all of that all of that brokenness if you just let him love you. God loves you, flaws and all. He's not looking for you to be perfect. He is looking for you to receive His love, which will then make you perfect. 
But if you try to be perfect without allowing God to love you, you find yourself highly frustrated. You find yourself caving in and quitting because that is not how it was set up to be. The Bible says that he has given the Holy Ghost to dwell on the inside of us to cause his love to be shed abroad in our heart so that we may understand the love that he has towards us. And that love over there in Philippians said that it will fuel us and give us the energy to do his goodwill. So if I just let God love me, if I don't feel like I'm rejected, if I don't disqualify myself, and if I just let God love me, then some of the foolishness that I find myself doing will be driven out of doors. If I just let him love me. If I give him the opportunity to be God, if I just let God be God, then I will I will feel accepted. Because some of y'all are like, man, I don't I don't feel accepted. That's just your flesh. Your spirit man know he accepted. The word I'm telling you that you are accepted. You got to make receive by faith that you are accepted. You got to receive by faith that you are chosen. You got to receive by faith that you are called. You got to receive by faith that God is with you. And that's number three. God is with you. Isaiah 41, verse 10. All right. We're just going to go on through Isaiah 41 because I don't want y'all to forget, man, this right here. You got, I leave it right in the middle of my desk all week. And I may be doing something every now and then. I just read parts of it. Don't let the word slip. You got to know God is with you. Psalms for, I mean, Isaiah 41 and 10. So what? Do not fear, for I, that's God, am with you. I am what? With you. I am with you. And so let me tell you a little story. All right. My daughter, and y'all know Ava. Ava, the cute little girl, she always loved taking pictures and all that. So she's a she's the one that's photogenic. She feels safe knowing that I'm around or that when she calls me, uh, I come running like we got this little thing and, and she she's been sleeping in our bed for a long time. And I told Ava, I said, Ava, baby, I'm done. Like you can't sleep in my bed. She's like, but daddy, I'm afraid. I said, all you got to do is call my name and I'll come running. And so she's been sleeping on the couch and every now and then she just say, daddy. And I get up as fast as I can and I run with all my might and I slide through the kitchen and I come sliding through the floor and I'm like, here I am, baby. And she just smiles and says, I love you. Thanks for coming. And she didn't even need anything. But what she's doing, she's, she's saying, okay, I'm proving my daddy. I'm proving him at his word. He said that if I never needed anything, he said that he'll come running. So, so let me just try it out. Let me just call his name and see if he'll show up. And, and, and if you go over there to Psalms, the Bible says that if we just pray a prayer to God, that he'll hear our prayers, he'll hearken to it, he, he, and he will answer those things. So how many times have you just called on your daddy? Have you just said, Father, I just want to hear from you. Daddy, I just want to be in your presence. Just come and sit with me, Father. How many times do you call on your daddy? And see, what you got to understand is that for Ava, my presence gives her a sense of safety and confidence, right? It gives her a safety and confidence. Right before the message, I was almost late getting on. Ava, April was in there putting Ava's, April, Ava just got her ear pierced and she was putting earrings in and she had left them out, I think for a day or two. And the back of her ear had kind of closed up and Ava's, April's in there, she's trying and things like that. And, and it's not going well. So I hear her crying. And I was like, Ava. And I started running. I was like, what's wrong, baby? And her ear. I said, look, what have we talked about? Right? Take your deep breaths. Let me coach you through. I'll walk you through this. You got this. You got this. And so before you know it, she had both earrings in, right? Because why? Sometimes all you need is just that comforting word. But you too prideful to ask for help. You too prideful to cry out. As kids, when we need things, we cry out. But somehow as adults, we begin to lose that, that sense of urgency, that, that sense of need that I need to handle this. There's no problem that your daddy don't want to take care of for you if you let him. 
I know you grown. I know you're 46. I know you're 52. I know you're 70. I know you're in your 20s. I know you just graduated out your 30s. I know you got three degrees. I know you matriculated through all of these universities and you Six Sigma this and you're in leadership that. But listen, there's not a problem that your daddy don't want to take care of for you if you call on them. So you think about that person that you had as a kid, right? That always came through for you. How did that person make you feel? You felt safe, you felt secure, you felt confident, right? You feel like you can do anything. Well, when you take that feel and multiply it exponentially by infinity, that's how God could make you feel if you just let him be your daddy, right? Why? Because God is what? He's with you. God is with you. So declare this. I am never alone because God is with me. I am never alone because God is with me. I am never alone because God is with me. The Bible talks about, hey, as I walk through the valley, what? Of the shadow of the I mean, he tells us, you're with me. Your rod and your staff, what do they do? They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of thine enemies right? That's, that's the God. He's with me in the valley. He's with me on the mountaintop. He's with me when I when, when Peter was walking on water. He was with Moses. He was with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He was with Noah as he built that boat and everybody was talking to him. He was with all of them, right? God was with him and God is with you now. But you got to choose to be, to not have your heart wax gross. You got to choose to not have your ears dull of hearing. You got to choose not to be have your eyes closed. The Bible says, lest at any time you choose, you can be converted. Matthew 13 and 15. You can go read it for yourself. So I choose to know that God is with me and I, I'm never alone. And if you look at the God in word, because you know I always going to bring every time I teach and I'm going to bring up the God in word. It says what? I'm in the midst of all concerning thee. That's the first sentence in the God in word. I'm in the midst of all concerning thee. Why? The Lord saying, you ain't never alone. Tamika, you ain't never alone. Gwen, you ain't never alone. Gwen, never. Are you alone? Brenda, you're never alone. Miss Kitchen, you're never alone. Tamisha, you're never alone. It doesn't matter how your body feels. It doesn't matter what your flesh feels. You are never alone. You're never alone. All right, that's number three. Number four, why don't, why don't I have to fear? Why, do I, why can I fear not? Because he is God and I do not have to be dismayed. He is God and I do not have to be dismayed. We just talking, we just preaching scripture tonight. Isaiah 41 and 10. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. Now I meant to look up this word. Let me look it up real quick. That word dismayed means to feel distressed. And if you go back to the guiding word, it tells us what? Don't be, don't panic, right? It tells us don't panic. Don't be in a rush. Don't be in fear and don't get out of love. Why? He says, you don't have to be dismayed for I am your God. I'm capable of doing any and everything that you need. I am the God that provided manna from heaven. I am the God that provided a pillow of fire at night. I'm the God that caused water to flow out of a rock. I'm the God that 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 caused rivers to flow in a de desert. I am the God that called over there in Ezekiel dry bones to live. I am that God and I am your God. So every single thing that you've seen that I have done in the past, I'll do it for you, sweetheart, if you let me. I'll do it for you, son, if you let me. If you just know that I'm your God and I'll never leave you alone. I am your God and I've chosen you. I am your God and I've called you. Don't be dismayed. Don't be in distress. I am your God and I'll see you through. All God's power, all God's love, and all God's blessings are there for you if you want them. All right, and here's the connection to our guiding word. I am the Lord your God. 
I'm the Lord who's God? I'm the Lord your God, right? I'm Courtney's God. I'm Brenda's God. I'm Kimberly's God. I'm Cedric's God. I'm Ralph's God. I'm Chris's God. I'm Etoy's God. I, I'm Tanya's God. I'm I'm Tamisha's God. I'm, I'm BJ's God. You know, I'm April's God. I'm the God of Ava. I'm the God of Major. I'm the God of Facebook user. <laughs> I, I, I'm that God. And whoever understands and regards my words, I will take you farther than you ever know. But to go where God wants us to go, we got to accept him as Lord, right? We got to regard his word. And so we got to understand if you're not saved, how do I allow? <laughs> All right, Valley, I got you, Valley. He's the God of Valley. He's the Gale Valley Seniors God. All right. And so, so we got to understand if you're not saved, that the only way to access him to be your God is through Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's John 14 and 6. And when we choose to serve Jesus faithfully, we will eternally, and we make God our God eternally. So every day I choose to obey is every day I'll choose to make him God. Every day I choose to make him God, I allow him to be Lord. Because when he's Lord, he's in charge. When he lowers, he troubles my trouble. When he's Lord, I can sit in silence while he destroy my enemies. When he is Lord, then I have no worries or concerns. All right. So that's number four. So we've talked about number one, we're chosen and we're called. We talked about number two, that we are not rejected. We talked about on number three, that God is with us. And number four, that he is our God and we do not have to be dismayed. And that word dismayed means is distressed. I will not be distressed. I will not panic. I will not rush. I will not allow uh, my flesh and what I observe with my natural eyes to deter me from the promises that God taught, told me I can have. He is the God that causes water to flow in the desert. And, and see, I, I say that all the time. Why? Because it reminds me of his power. He is the God that parted a sea. He is the God that caused water to flow from a rock. He is a God that turned a staff into a snake. He is a God that came down and licked up the sacrifice when they poured water all over it. He is that God. And that same God then is the same God that I serve now and that he has the ability to change all everything in earth to make sure that his word comes to pass. He is a God that formed the end from the beginning. He is a God that made me prosperous before I ever existed. He is a God that made me healed before I ever existed. He is a God that put every provision that I'll ever need in the earth before I ever existed. He is a God that has taken care of everything that I ever need. He is that God. So I won't be dismayed. Why be distressed when I serve a God that has the ability to do everything? And distress is an indication that we have stepped outside of God's will for our life. Listen, when Ava say, Daddy, there is no distress. Why? Because it's tried and true, I'm coming. If I got to come through the brick wall, I'm coming. If I got to tear up, if I have to climb over something, I'm coming. Why? Because I gave her a word that if you call my name and I hear you, baby, and I'm on my way. And I, being an earthly father, can love her that way. How much more would God trouble your troubles for you? How much would God just come and sit with you and hold you when you're unsettled? How much would God just come and sit with you and hold you with his righteous right hand, a hand of justice, a hand of salvation when you have anxiety and you're stressed? God will come and he will bring you peace. All you got to do is call on him. He'll be there. Number five, he strengthens us, he helps us, and he upholds us. Isaiah 41 and 10 continued. It says, I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will strengthen you and I will what? Help you. I will strengthen you and I will help you. It says, I'll I'll strengthen you and I will help you. And you know the story of Peter, right? So Peter out there, Jesus went on to do his thing. I'm going to paraphrase in, in Ralph Marlowe version. So the disciples on the boat, Jesus go do his thing. Jesus coming back. It's foggy. They can't see him. You know, uh, if you ever drove up 540, or I think it's I-49 now, in the mornings, uh, I used to, I went to school at the U of A. So I, sometimes I'll drive down to Prescott to see April on the weekend. And 
and you know she was just so beautiful i just wanted to spend as much time as i could with her and so instead of and i had a class at like 8 30 in the morning so i'll stay as long as i could my freshman year i get in my little mazda 626 and drive the four hours back i get up at 4 a.m on monday morning drive four hours back to make it to class at 4 8 30 in the morning and as i drove up there it was really foggy right as you hit that mountain and there was times you couldn't see very far and so that was peter's situation right peter was out there and he couldn't see it was foggy the wind was blowing a little bit and, and peter was like hey jesus whoa who is that and they were all scared and jesus said whoa calm down it's me peter said okay jesus be you call me call me brother let me walk let me come see you and peter walked out there and peter's going but the bible says but when he saw the wind he was what afraid and he began to sink and cried out lord save me and i love what verse 31 says immediately jesus reached out his hand and called him why because he strengthens us he helps us and he upholds us he strengthens us he helps us and he upholds us and here's the thing this year why did the lord tell us don't panic because peter panicked peter came became what he forgot about number four peter became dismayed he got distressed he looked he observed right he saw the wind and he was afraid what are you looking at that makes you fear are you looking at the opinions of man are you looking at the fact that like how are you going to afford that house and you only make thirty thousand dollars a year whether well, i'm going to afford it because the lord told me it was mine i don't got to figure all this out because that's not my responsibility my responsibility is to obey god god's responsibility is to provide my responsibility is to obey god god's responsibility is to provide when i begin to try to make plans to accomplish what god has planned for me then i make flesh my arm and jeremiah 17 and 5 tells us that anytime we make flesh our own we depend on ourselves we're going to fail so what i have to understand is if anything that god asks of me hallelujah thank you lord anything that you ask me to do my only job in that is to obey him it is not my job to provide it is my job to obey some of y'all just need to go ahead and make that confession lord I, I repent it's not my job to provide it's just my job to obey it's not my job to provide it's just my job to obey it's my job to worship you it's my job to make you high and lifted up it's my job to see you bigger than everything else it's my job to put you in your rightful place so god i thank you that i obey your word god i thank you that i regard your word i thank you that i hearken to your word i hear and i do what you have me to do father i thank you that it's my job to obey and because i obey that you bring all provision to fulfill the plan that you had for my life did you hear what i said so that he could provide the plan that he had for my life it wasn't my ideal to be wealthy that was his idea for me so why do i have an issue with being wealthy that was god's idea for me why am i out trying to pursue pursue wealth that was god's idea to me that's why he says matthew 6 and 33 seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you it is just my job to try to be more like my father it is just my job to reflect more of his character in this earth it is just my god to do the two commandments to love god with all my heart with all my mind with all my soul and with all my heart my strength sorry all my heart all my soul all my mind and all my strength that's over there and that's the that's mark's version i think mark 13. that that's his that that's what it says over there and if you miss the monday mindset from i think two weeks ago with bishop Vaughn and past our very own pastor sean you should go listen to the breakdown of loving god with all your heart loving god with all your mind loving god with all your soul and loving god with all your strength right so that's our job and when we do that we give him the ability to be god and as we wrap up tonight number six number six why can i walk in life and fear not because he holds our hand hallelujah he holds our hand the isaiah 41 and 10 the latter part of it says it like this i will uphold you with my righteous right hand a hand of justice a hand of power and a of victory and of salvation think of any dangerous situation 
right? Then think of God standing there holding your hand saying, it's okay, I got you. It's okay. It's okay, Raph, I got you. I know you've never been married for 19 years. And I know that you're navigating things. It's okay, son, I got you. I know you've never been a millionaire. And I know you're scared of having all this money and how you're going to deal with it. It's okay, I got you. I know, I know what the doctor said about your body. I know that it seems pretty dim, but it's okay. I got you. I love that, Pastor Chris. It's okay. I've got you, God. That's what he's telling you. I don't got to fear because he holds my hand. And so the other day I took Ava, Ava to the park. And we'll end with this. The other day I took Ava to the park. And Ava, uh, and it was cold outside. So I'm over here trying to chill. And uh, they wanted me to play chase and do all this stuff. And I'm like, I, I, I don't got time for that. I told y'all I was going to bring you to the park. We had the park. Y'all go play. I'm just going to chill over here. And Ava, it was these, and, and in Conway, this particular park is new. So they had every, all the toys were new. And they had this really tall, uh, like, ladder thing you climb up. And imagine a spiral ladder. ladder and it's probably about eight, nine feet tall. And Ava was standing there at the ladder. She would look at the ladder. She would look at me. And she would look at the ladder and she would look at me. And so I just kind of casually walked over there. And uh, and as I walked over there, she just smiled. And then she looked at the ladder and she looked at me. And when she saw that I was closer, she began to try to climb the ladder. And so as she tried to climb the ladder, she just smiling and stuff. But then as she got up a little higher, she got anxious. And so she looked at me and she went to put out her hand. But before she even realized to put out her hand, my hand was already stretched out waiting on her. And that's what God is telling you tonight. My hand is already available. Will you reach for it? My hand is already available. Will you reach for it? So as Ava navigated her way up that little case, I held her hand. And then when she got to the top, she couldn't climb high enough. So I pushed her up. And that's what God wants to do for us if we just fear not. He says, my hand is available. My righteous right hand, the hand of justice, my righteous right hand, the hand of power, my righteous right hand, a hand of victory, my righteous right hand, a hand of salvation. God said, I got you, but will you reach for me? See, you out here thinking, you out here thinking that you're waiting on God. No, baby, God is waiting on you. Because Abel wasn't even looking. And I already had my hand out. And God says, I got my hand out for Kristen. I got my hand out for Don. I got my hand out for Etoy. All I need for them to do is reach for me. All I need for them to do is just to put their hand out. I'm already ready to do what I designed, what I was designed to do. Why? Because I'm the one that calls called them from the other parts of the country. I'm the one that chose them. I'm the one that told them that they are accepted. I'm the one that's told them that I'll always be with them. I'll never leave them, nor will I forsake them. That was all me. Those were the promises that I swore on myself because I couldn't find anything else to swear by, that I swore to God that I would bless them. That was all my idea. So my hand is stretched out saying, hey, Valley, Will you just reach for me? Hey, Tanitria, will you just reach for me? Hey, Malaya, would you just reach for me? Why? Because my hand's available. And so if you don't know Jesus, as your, we're going to go back. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, them, all right? We're in front of the communion table in the Baptist church, and we're putting out the chairs. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior, ain't no better time than now, right? His hand is outstretched. Will you come home tonight, right? Will you come home? Will you make heaven your permanent home? Because at the end of the day, everything that we talked about tonight, God, you are chosen because this is what you got to understand. Even the unsaved are chosen and they are called. Even the unsaved have not been rejected. Even the unsaved 
God wants to be with them. All these promises are available to anybody. But the question is, will you come home? So I want to extend to you the prayer of salvation. Father God, I accept you into my life tonight as Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart that you raised Christ from the dead. I thank you that you in, you uh, you place in me the dwelling of the Holy Spirit so that you may teach me how to walk in your ways. And Father, I thank you that I, when I leave this earth, that I'll spend eternity with you in heaven. The tech, the, the, today, I declare that I am saved. I am full of the Holy Spirit. And now that you are, you need a church home. And there's no better place to reside, to call home and be a partner than Fellowship of Champions. Now, look at, look at me. We've flown tonight. Look, they already got it a partnership link. Look, you better make FOC your home. All right? Listen, you love the word that comes across the pulpit. You connect it. You know what we're doing all across the world. It's three things that we're doing. We're teaching people to do what? Walk in love. We're teaching people to live by faith. And what else? And experience God's prosperity where? In every area of their lives. This is your church. You already know it. The Holy Spirit is already confirmed for you. And if you just gave your life to Christ, you need a good Bible teaching church home. And so this is the place. Go ahead and run over to focchurch.com. Scroll down, join the partnership link, and add on, right? Because here we grow again. We are 500 plus strong. All over the world, they're 100% committed to partnering together in tandem to cause the word of God to be known among every believer and every person across this nation, right? And across this world, all seven continents, FOC exists. And we so be a partner today and help us do that. And then also, you guys know that at FOC, we have what? 100% tithers, right? I'm so excited because me and Aiden have been talking and he's like, well, daddy, how I get my money? So me and Aiden, are, we're going, hopefully this week, we're going to set him up a bank account and get him a little debit card because Aiden's like, I, I ain't going to church. And he's like, he get his little money here and there. He's like, I want to give. So we're going to set him up, get his little push pay going. And so he's going to get him a giving statement in 2022. Why? Because I'm teaching him the the goodness that we get to enjoy now, the the the, the abundance that we get to enjoy, it ain't because daddy and mama just work. It's because we live off our seed. We live off our seed and that's harvest and that harvest is good. And so if you want to live the life that daddy and mama live, which is going to be your floor, right? Our ceiling's going to, we expect our ceiling to be his floor. Then you got to begin to participate even in this virtual setting with giving, right? And so I'm like, look, you need a bank account. Because you need to give on your level. And so we gonna, he going to give on his level. But the question, are you giving on your level? Are you being obedient to God? Tithe. All right? Give offering. Give to the scholarship. Sow seeds into other people's lives. Because you got to understand that giving to FOC, yeah, that's what we're called to do, right? Because it supports the things of the ministry. But God isn't going to limit your giving just to the church. There'll be times he asks you to buy somebody some coffee. There'll be times he asks you to give somebody, pay for somebody's meal. There may just be times that he tells you to give somebody $20. And we was having a conversation last night. There may be times that the people he asks you to give to are people that you don't even like personally. But you got to understand, and your feeling towards people shouldn't cause you to be disobedient to God. Selah. My feelings towards people shouldn't cause me to be disobedient to God. I don't got to like you to obey God to bless you. I don't got to like you to obey God to bless you. I know, Miss Cindy, come on now, right. I think I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen a little bit right there. I don't got to like the person, right? I don't got to like the church. I don't got to like the organization. I don't got to like the cause of whatever it is to obey God when he tells me to give to it. I love that, Pastor Ann. Pastor Ann said, I'm going to obey God even if I don't like you. Well, God, I don't like them. Why I got to buy them flowers? Because he asked you to. It ain't your money anyway. You're a steward. God, I don't like them. Why, why, why do you want me praying for them? Because he's trying to work on your heart. Yeah, he's trying to work on your heart because you, you immature in some areas. So he's giving you an opportunity to grow up. That's what he's doing. Well, God, they did me wrong. Well, you did God wrong too. But yet while you were a sinner, he loved you. So now he's giving you an opportunity to exercise that same belief. 
That's what he's doing. So, so yeah, so we got to grow up in that because giving is important to God. Giving is important to God. John 3 and 16, for God so loved the world, what did he do? Give. And so every day you should be looking for opportunities to give. Why? Because every day you should also be looking for opportunities to harvest. There is no harvest where there is no seed sown. There will be no harvest where there is no seed sown. Right. We're just, we're just a steward over God's stuff. But the problem is when you become an owner of that money, now you're responsible for making it multiply. When you become an owner uh, of those things, you're not responsible for those things multiplying. And that's why a lot of times you become an owner of it and you say you can't tithe. You become an owner of it and you say you can't give. You become an owner of it and you say that you can't distribute wealth in the earth. And because you now own it, you know, responsible multiplication and because you don't have the ability to multiply you don't have the ability to see the blind spots in the life you don't have the ability to know when tires are going to blow out and hot water heaters are going to leak and and roofs are going to leak and and windows may get busted by a kid playing a soccer ball or or the tv may get broken by a kid throwing a toy across the living room you just don't know when those things may occur but god knows it all baby so he is he is having you sow seeds in 22 that may be setting you up for 2022 and 2027. That's why obedience. Why? Because you got to understand that when you sow a seed, that that seed has the ability to give you continual harvest off of that. Why? Because when a man plants an apple tree, right? When a man plants an apple tree, he doesn't just get harvest that year. That harvest comes over and over and over again. So I'm planting seeds and I'm still reaping harvest off seeds that I've sown. So I'm telling you, make this year your year that you sow when God says so. And, and the easiest way to do it, because there'll be choke level times that God asks you to give, right? The easiest thing you can do is the moment God tells you to do it, don't consider flesh and blood. Just sit down right now, write the check, sit and put it in the mail. Sit down right now and give on Tyler, give a five, push back. Sit down right now and cash out them the money. Do whatever God say. Do it in that moment before you let fear set in. Right? Before you let fear set in. You're right, Robert. This is your year. This is going to be your best year yet, Robert. This is going to be Courtney's best year. This is going to be my best year yet. Why? Because we're going to do what God says do. And we know what? We're going to go through all of 22 and we will not fear, right? Why? Because we're chosen and we're called. We are not rejected. We have God with us everywhere we go. Praise Jesus. We are not dismayed or distressed. I won't panic. I won't uh, rush. He, he strengthened us and upholds us with his righteous right hand and that he has his hand outstretched to help us. And the question is, Will you reach back? All right. So I love you guys. You guys know the announcements. Tonight we had Ignite and Refresh. Thursdays, we don't have anything uh, planned for church. But Fridays, we have Champion Circle at 6.30 a.m. Remember, take the challenge. Don't miss a service. If you're alive and breathing and you're not occupied in something that requires you to not be able to access your phone, log on live and catch the service. That's the challenge, don't miss the service. Sunday morning, catch Pastor Chris and Elder Valley on the keys at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, and make sure that you get access that by going to her Facebook page, Kristen Valley Worship. Sunday night, you join Pastor, I mean, Sunday after worship, you join Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean at 9.30 a.m. for Sunday celebration. And then lastly, we thank you, uh, thank you for attending Strategies for Success. Pastor gives us nuggets. I mean, I'll be honest, as a partner at FOC, we are getting nuggets of information that people are paying thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars to get. And so you make sure that you communicate back to your man and woman of God about how they have impacted your life, right? As I increase in my money, I increase my giving to the strict ones. I don't care about the opinions of other people. And I used to be ashamed to tell people, I give them something every single month. I'm not telling you to do that, but I don't let a month go by that I don't sow into their lives. 
And as my money increased, the amount that I give to them increased. Why? Because I want them always to know that I'm grateful for their lives. I want them always to know that I, I'm, I, I benefit and the Marlowe family is blessed because of the Strickland family, what they have taught us, right? I want them to know that, all right? And then Tuesday night, I think I forgot to make sure that you join us for prayer, all right? So that's our everything, all right? That's everything. Govern yourself accordingly to the four day and you guys who hung on. I pray that you are blessed by the word. I pray that you uh, receive, uh, I declare that every seed that you sow, uh, according to God's obedience, that you have a hundredfold harvest off of it. I, I, some of y'all have a mindset that if I sow, I shouldn't receive. That used to be me, but that don't even make sense. If you are sowing seed, expect to receive. Tomorrow, expect to receive. Expect favor, expect blessings, expect, expect open doors, expect generosity, expect all those things, all right? And you guys know that we're blessed, we are ready, and we win. So have a good night. I love you. Remain grateful and stay hungry for the word of God. Be blessed.